HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program has been brought to you by Fairway Market, like no other market, a New York City institution that sells the best local, national, and international artisan foods for prices that can't be beat. For more information, visit fairwaymarket.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load Knows that country music's gonna save your soul The devil that rhythm and blues that's him It's gonna get you some in the end Welcome back to The Speakeasy. I'm Damon Bolte. On the show today, actually first-timer for The Speakeasy, um... A buddy of mine who, last time I saw him, was in Portland, Oregon at the uh, Portland Cocktail Week, and he just so happened to be DJing, taking photographs, uh, bartending, and cracking jokes all at the same time. It's pretty amazing. Uh, welcome to the show, Mr. Ryan Fitzgerald. Uh, great to be here, Damon. How you doing, brother? Finally. Yeah. I'm good. Very good. I'm actually uh, walking around a, a giant wood shop picking out a, a bar top for my new bar. Awesome. Can you tell us anything about it yet, or is that still yeah. hush hush? Yeah, me and uh, me and two partners opening a bar in San Francisco. Hopefully, it will be open uh, late March, early April. Uh, it's gonna be called ABV, as in alcohol by volume. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of alcohol, lots of volume, <laughs> and uh, we're gonna. Yeah, it'll be a little bit of food. Um, Contrary to what might seem logical for a bar that I'm opening, it's not going to be necessarily Mexican uh, forward <laughs> or mezcal influenced or tequila influenced, but uh, just a good, affordable neighborhood bar with good music, uh, good atmosphere, good service, good drinks, everything from Miller High Life to, um, you know, House Made Tomorrow. Awesome. That's such yeah. a it's such a great thing to hear that because um, you know I've had recently uh, like Rob Kruger from Extra Fancy. On and you know we're talking about the the bar and also we were, last week I, I had uh, Scranton Tui from uh, Whistlers in Austin. We're talking about you know just uh. having an awesome bar that is fun. You can have cheap canned beer or you can have badass rare like you know spirits and awesome cocktails and you know not you know like no door policy basically. You know exactly exactly. Yeah, it's a good. I, I really think that um, it's kind of it's a natural evolution that's happening. Been happening over the past few couple of years of bars just saying, you know what, you know, there's really no reason why we can't just have a, a really comfortable bar that's super accessible to everyone with 
absolutely fantastic cocktails and super unique and weird wines that everyone knows about. But you know what? If it's just someone that has never had, you know, chartreuse before comes in and just wants a Miller High Life and a good shot of bourbon, then we've got that for you. And, uh, you know, it, it, it just makes sense. You know, we're there for the people. That's the, that's the deal. We're, we're taking care of everyone. Yeah. It's about time. I mean, like you said, it's been happening over the last couple of years. Um, it's actually kind of, it's interesting because, you know, I, I, you know, I dab, I've been dabbling with the idea of opening a bar over the last, you know, five, six years or probably just yeah. as long as I've been bartending really. Um, yeah. but it was until, you know, about the last year and a half, two years, uh, ago, I really couldn't pinpoint what it was. And it was something along those lines where it was something more casual and it wasn't, wasn't so stuffy. You know, I don't. I don't wear a tie behind the bar every night. I did at some point, you know, but uh, I, I don't prefer it. <laughs> so it's, you know, I think it's a great, uh, the direction that we're going in with these kinds of bars. I think it's, it's, you know, it's time, you know, it's, it's definitely some, definitely places for industry people and the like to uh, hang out together. I've always said that, you know, calling a cocktail bar is just as redundant as calling a restaurant a food restaurant. You know, it's like a bar. You should be able to get cocktails at a bar. It should, you shouldn't have to throw cocktail in front of bar to make it, exactly. to differentiate it. So what's cool about this is everyone's like actually, like not everyone, but a lot of people like yourself and like Rob Kruger and these guys have started opening just great bars, like classic bar with food. You know, I've got to call it a food restaurant or a cocktail bar. It's a bar and restaurant, right. and you get the highest quality. It sh- everything should be quality anywhere you go. Right. Even right. if it's like cheap tacos, you know, they should right. be made the right way. Right. Right. It's definitely a great trend. I'm really definitely proud to be a part of it, and, and it, it just makes sense. So yeah. looking forward to opening a bar that people – and I think that that's going to be a great thing that when guests come through the door, they're going to sort of – you know they're gonna they they're gonna they're gonna really embrace it and really understand it and be thankful that it's happening just because of the trend has for so long been been contrary to that and you know the funny thing that we're dealing with that's really an interesting thing that I think you know is something that a lot of people don't actually talk about is you know we've got we've got some people that want to write about our bar and they ask us these questions and we're like look it's a bar it's a good <laughs> bar there's no theme it's not. You know, it's not from the 20s, it's not from, you know, Hawaii, it's not a tiki, it's not Mexico, it's just a bar, and they're like, they're so frustrated by that. <laughs> That's awesome. It's it's great, so, though. I mean, like, at the same time, it's, right. it's, it's, it's funny that it's gotten so far away from just great bar to where yeah. you, you can't use any, like, buzzwords or, you know, any hashtags to, like, really describe it. It's just, like, quality. Quality right, and fun. exactly. We've got no gimmicks. It's, it's a no gimmick bar. It's going to be just everything's going to be good. And, and well, I mean that's what, that's our goal. And I, and I hope that that's the case. I hope that's what our what our guests say about it. So yeah. Well, contrary to it not being, uh, you know, like people who know you know that. Uh, actually, in fact, I was just walking through the. I was grabbing a cider before I came to the studio here at Roberta's, and uh, uh, my buddy Brad, who's a bartender here was asking me who was on the show today. I was like, oh, yeah, my buddy Ryan Fitzgerald from San Francisco. And two dudes were like, hey, I know that dude. <laughs> it's like, where is he? I'm like, oh, he's not actually here. We're doing a phone show. But uh, it was kind of funny. Cause, so going going with that, it, I was going to say that like people who know you know that you're you're really into your agave-based spirits. And you've been traveling to Mexico quite a bit recently as well, haven't you? Yeah, I I, uh, I try to get down there at least three times a year, um, and, and the past few years have been more of five or so times. 
it's, uh, you know, it's part of, you know, it started with, um, falling in love with tequila and being sent down there on trips, uh, for a restaurant that I worked at in San Francisco called Trace Agaves and, uh, really opened my eyes to what those spirits were and, you know, kept going down for more distillery visits and more and then eventually fell in love with Mezcal and, and Oaxaca and going down there and now I've got, you know, I've got my, my other job, which is being, you know, working for Del Maguey and spreading a lot of education and love regarding Del Maguey Mezcal and also um, being on the board of the Tequila Interchange Project, which right. is a whole other multi-level thing of, of trying to help the, the industry not destroy itself. Right. I, Phil Ward's been on a couple of times now, and he's definitely spoken a lot about the uh, the TIP. And, uh, yeah. It's a great organization, man. And it and yeah. you know, it, it's it, it must be like fun and fulfilling to be a part of that. It's it's you know it's fun and fulfilling and, and frustrating all of those things. <laughs> um, you know it's it's you know it's one of those. It's hard to really imagine how much. Um, I mean, we're fighting a, a, a real tough thing, and, and it's not exactly a fight. It's more of a trying to work with. But there's 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 really uh, it's like very uh, large companies. Uh, who have you know goals to make a lot of money with, and and their their goals don't include uh, protecting beautiful the beautiful heritage of Mexico um, and as much as we can suggest that and spend all of our time and money telling them that those things are important to conserve um, you know the, the almighty dollar is really what's at the bottom line for for a lot of them so it's we've got to spend some money to get them to think about how they can you know make a little less money. Um, and 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 also, but keep the keep these cultures and and this heritage alive for for hopefully a foreseeable future. I mean, it should be on both sides. I feel like it should it should have a lot to do with longevity. You know, like first of all, it, you should harvest the right way. You should harvest agave in the correct way to keep it going for as long as you possibly can, right? But then also, for the companies who are trying to make a lot of money off of it, if you destroy the way that this spirit is made, then you're not going to be making any money down the line. And, you know, it's like, for both people, it's in the best interest to keep it going for as long as you can. But, you know, people get greedy, right. and they don't understand exactly right. <laughs> what that means. It's, 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 kind of, it's kind of weird for us to, 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 to be in the situation where we are, where we're, we're seeing these companies that are really very successful, big, big companies that are so so short-sighted mm-hmm. um and, and maybe you know maybe it's maybe maybe we're not seeing that they aren't short-sighted but uh i mean we, we from our perspective they seem to be somewhat short-sighted um and then you know and, it, and the other thing that i've been talking a lot about lately and sort of trying to wrap my head around and sort of trying to explain to people too is that uh, it, it's really impossible to to uh translate the economy of a typical bar and a typical spirit to the world of agave spirits it's too many people i mean and i'm seeing this now from a supplier side selling a product not selling but you know talking about a product like del mcgay that's very expensive so many bar owners out there that are you know on this trend of mezcal they want to sell mezcal they want to sell tequila and they want to sell the good stuff they're doing the same thing they do with their gin you know the people that sell them gin, the same people that sell them vodka and whiskey and stuff like that. You know, it's the, it's the, all these secret deals of, um, well, you know, how can I? You know, I'm selling twenty, you know, ten cases a week of your product. Can you get me a free case for every three cases? And it's like, people have to understand you can't, you can't really translate the typical economics of those super inexpensive spirits to the world of agave spirits, where 
you know, these plants and take six to ten years to grow, um, and and all the other things that go into it. Just don't don't you know you can you can get a great gin for twelve bucks a liter. You can't get it. You'll never ever in the world get a great mezcal or a great tequila for twelve bucks a seven fifty even. You know, right. It just will never happen. And if you want to keep drinking quality and selling quality when it comes to the agave, you know, spirits industry, then you're going to have to pay money for it. And that's just something that people are going to have to, tough pill that a lot of people are going to have to swallow at some point. Um, which, you know, to me, I think into the tequila interchange project, it's something we've looked at and said, you know, that's kind of been the downfall of tequila is so many people pressuring the producers for a cheaper bottle price that, well, okay, fine. Well, you guys asked for a cheaper bottle price. We'll give you a cheaper bottle price, but it's going to taste like crap. Right. And it's just one of these things that we're hoping to try to try to stop that, try to educate about people about what what begging for a cheaper bottle on the regular, what that does to the whole economic, economy of the whole spirits industry itself and the, the kind of people that that keeps in business and the kind of people that puts out of business um, are really things that, you know, the consumer and the a lot of bar owners don't actually understand. So that's kind of the goal. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, it's just, it's backwards from when you think about, like, a whiskey or, any, you know, a rum or a brandy that something that's aged in a barrel, you're like, oh, okay, well, it's the time take the time taken to get this to the point of maturation after it's distilled, you know. And right. it's completely backwards with agave spirits. It's all before you even distill it. You know, you've got years and years, just the same close to the same amount of years typically to grow the agave plant as you would to age like a bourbon but people don't translate that because then even even then you know with like agave say you know with like like with tequila specifically with your reposados and añejos they see that as the age it's like oh the only aged it a year uh this bourbon was aged for 12 years you know like why is this it's it's just kind of backwards but people don't i don't know they don't recognize that or accept it i guess or maybe there's just it's not a, enough education about it, and I guess that's it's, really... Yeah, I, I think it's a lot about education uh, about it, and I think it's a lot about just this, you know, it's just such a, um, it's, it's a, it's, what is it, it's not a trend, but it's a, it's this, this custom in the, in the booze industry, and these people that are getting involved in the, in, or people that own bars, you know, it, it just, it, it happens all the time, and, and you're, you're actually kind of considered a fool, honestly, you're a fool if you own a bar, and you don't really work your salespeople hard and try to get the cheapest price you can, especially on things you're, you're selling a ton of. I mean, it, it makes sense, and you can do it, and you can drive a hard bargain, and it's a smart thing to do, but it's really going to take a lot of education, and a lot of people actually saying no, especially when it comes to Mezcal, the future, what, what could be the potential future for Mezcal, um, at this point is to say, look, you know, you just can't get a quality Mezcal for less than this price. It's just impossible. And if anyone says they're doing it, then they're lying to you. It's just kind of that simple. And that's the kind of the education that has to happen. And I think more people have to sort of hear that, experience that, see that, and try to taste some of these new things that'll come out that are at a really low price and, and understand that truly, yeah, that's not, that's not helping the, that's not helping anyone. That's not helping the future of the spirit. It's not helping the future of the people. Um, And those are things that, you know, at the core of, of what the future really is. Uh, well, and also I think uh, to, to add on to that, I think, you know, when, when, as like a bar manager, when you're, you're ordering spirits for the bar and, you know, you are banging out, you know, cases and cases of a certain spirit. Yeah. I mean, there, there should be, 
There usually is. I mean, I'm not saying there should be. It's like the whole idea of like buybacks. It's like every third drink you get a free one. That's not that's not a, an actual rule that was ever written anywhere. I don't know. It's some right. urban myth, you know. It, like <laughs> I don't right. I don't right. honor that at my bar. But also, I'm not like slinging you know four dollar well drinks. We're taking time and crafting something. It's like it, it, it's the same thing as the spirit too. I think as long as you're. Uh, a proper like gentleman or lady like in the management part of an ordering part of the bar it's like you you have to first of all select your spirits wisely you have to pick the, and you have to choose spirits of of certain quality right and you have to make it right. work for your bar you can't have everything for everyone but you have to have something for everyone and i really strongly believe that but especially if you're choosing quality spirits and this particular instance we're talking about agave based spirits you should it's it's on the part of the manager too and it's not just like a one-sided thing where it's you should be able to understand how to order and order wisely to where your costs are set the right way you know i i don't think it's i don't think it's strictly based on you know i i completely understand agave being uh you know, you know, like mezcal, like Del Mage mezcal. You know, they're not the cheapest, but they are the best. You know, so I yeah. I stock them at my bar, but I don't raise a fuss about it because I really believe in the brand, and it's not just that brand; it's other brands too. And you know, every once in a while, just being a true gentleman about it, somebody might kick back something to me. But I also base my like cocktail menus and the way I price everything on how it should be priced, and I try to do as fairly as possible. And I think that's something that not a lot of people get. You know. I think right, and I think it, I think that it goes back to sort of what we were talking about with, with regards to what what my bar will be and what I think a lot of the trend is, and what sort of got lost in all this world of like when you call it a cocktail bar, people start to think of, oh, well, that's just a bar where you can get good cocktails. Guess what? You can you can make people can make you know quote unquote good tasty cocktails out of the worst spirits on the planet. It can happen if you're good at your job. You can do that. What I'm talking about with these kind of bars goes beyond not only that cocktail and that experience, but the experience that we as bar owners are giving to people is that it's just that it's an experience. And what I think is, you know, just like I don't have all the time in the world to learn all about all the woods that I was just talking about. That's going to go on my bar top. I don't have the time to figure out how it works going together, how it mills together. I'm hiring a professional. I go see a professional to help build my bar for me. That's great. Now people come into my bar to help me, Give them a great experience and learn, teach them about. Well, not everyone wants to learn, but for them to for them to have an experience that they wouldn't get at the normal bar, you know, right. have them get an experience where they would, you know, they come to my bar because they know that I've curated the spirits behind the back bar. I've done all the all the, my due diligence to educate myself about what goes into them. I'm not going to pour them some garbage that I wouldn't drink, um, and I think that's why you know I mean that's what people are hoping for in this day and age. There's a lot of search for not only authenticity but that sort of experience of you know what what you know I, I hope I can go to if I go to a car salesman and he knows all the details about every inch of that car then I'm more likely to buy it from someone than from him than someone who doesn't know what's going on with my car so it's like come to my bar I know everything about all the spirits behind me um, and that's so that I can help you make a make a wiser choice as to what you want to drink yeah and I think go back to what you were saying about you know you it is possible to, you know, make a a really tasty cocktail out of you know cheaper ingredients. And, you know, right? And like, and if shit, man, if Gary Regan can have a, a a line out the door for 
for him to stick his finger in your Negroni and stir it, <laughs> and people just like go crazy for it, then I think there's hope for you know <laughs> putting together a nice cocktail with uh, cheaper ingredients. Right. <laughs> let's take it. Right. Hey Ryan, uh, do you have a? I think we're about uh, eight minutes away from the end, but let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and uh, chat a little bit more. Okay. Sounds great. All right. See you in a second. All right. You are listening to Cheaters by Pamela Royal on the Heritage Radio Network.org. Stay tuned for more from the Speakeasy. Hi, I'm Steve Jenkins from Fairway Markets. We support Heritage Radio Network because all you folks listening are so genuine, so dedicated to serious food, so much a part of what this country needs to strive to become. People like you are few and far between, and it's obvious to us at Fairway that we've got to stick together. Our desire is that the word gets out about Heritage Radio Network in its support for serious food, foodstuffs that offer memorability and, and timelessness, authenticity and, and rarefied quality. This country grew too fast to have established any degree of a heritage. Europe had centuries to develop one. America has not. Heritage Radio Network serves to hasten the evolution of a society that often appears coarse and uninterested. For more information, please visit fairwaymarket.com. And we're back. We've got Ryan Fitzgerald on the phone in San Francisco. And we were just talking about, well, geez, we were talking, well, I think we just ended with Gary Regan stirring drinks with his finger. But we, uh, <laughs> before that, we were talking about your bar and like the, the kind of like modern idea of what a great bar is and what it can be. And it's, I, I, I just, I love it, man. I, I love it. I love going into, you know, places like, you know, Mission well, you know, Mission Chinese. I love going there. And it's like awesome yeah. Chinese food, but it's there's no pretension, you know. It might be a little hip, but it's like also it's like it's just really great fruit, but it's not like expensive and there's like it's not like fancy, you know. It's like but you know, it's not just it's not just restaurants anymore. Now it's bars. We're starting getting to the point where we're we're seeing bars that have like no door policy or pretension and you can just go have fun and have great drinks and great food and great times and not have to feel like 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 you're undereducated or like not in this secret club you know it feels yeah. that way a lot of times with cocktail bars yeah always you know and, 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 and I, I agree 100 percent that it's a nice that although that that's the trend i i, I guess with the, the idea that I mean, I, I worked at a place that had a door policy before, and, and, I, and I get it, and I'm actually, you know, I'm still, I never really, you know, a lot of people that didn't, uh, a lot of my friends, you know, a lot of what I like to call my non-alcoholic friends, people that aren't in the industry, used to always say, oh, you know, that place is so pretentious, I don't know why you want to go there, or, you know, and of course I could get in because I knew the folks there or whatever, and so it seemed even more pretentious that you had to be in the know in order to get in, but... I, you know, it, it comes to the, you know, there's there's a lot of talk nowadays of people trying to figure out, how, well, how do you do these sort of, you know, how do you, you know, run a bar that has really high-quality cocktails that can, you know, be accessible to everyone and do all these things? And, of course, a lot of people are doing, you know, they're batching cocktails, and, and then I've had some great ones, and I've had some not-so-great ones, and, I you know, it's still an argument that the jury's still out as far as I'm concerned on the whole batching cocktails. Yeah. I, I don't think we're going to be doing it at our place, but um, 
you know, there's there's all there's, there's a there's, you know, it's great. There, there, it's it, the evolution involves uh, a lot more new discussions of all kinds of other new types of, you know, things that what to some people feel one way about and some people feel another way about. So it's, right. but you know, I never really thought that, you know I, I understood the idea of a door policy and how that seemed pretentious, but at the same time was a really you know it was always meant to provide people with a great experience. Sure, which again, absolutely, and you know, I mean, to me though. It, there's a difference. Like if you're if you're doing cocktails with like twelve ingredients, of course, and you're doing them all like a la minute, then you kind of have to have a door policy. You can't have people floating around. Like you can't be three deep, work you know making tiki drinks for you know a hundred people at a time. And right. Uh, it, but I mean, I, I think there's a certain balance. I think I, I don't think that the quality of drink really means like super rare ingredients or a, a, the more ingredients. I mean, some of my highest selling cocktails actually had the lowest cost and like four ingredients right they were just they they were like viral cocktails you know and i was always like oh man i feel really good about this one that has like this one's like a modern classic with like armagnac (laughs) and benedictine and like an absinthe rinse and all this stuff it's like you know like it's could have been in a book 150 years ago due to all the ingredients that are in it but it's like you know no one's ever done this before it's like oh but you're ordering that like that aged rum daiquiri with a rinse of bronca menta in it, you know, that, <laughs> you know cost me like nothing. And yeah, it's great. Yeah. I mean, like it's kind of going back to what we were saying about, you know, being a smart bar manager and, uh, you know, making, making the money you need to make, but also offering, you know, things at the right price and everything. But, uh, yeah, but yeah, I, mean, I, I, I think that, uh, especially like it's dependent on the volume for a place to, that that's where the um the door policy comes in i suppose but also i don't know there's certain aspects to it like if you are like in a cocktail bar like a kind of like den and you know a lot of those places like you'll like be on a date or like in a meeting or something and you don't want like two or three people behind you like screaming reaching right. around you paying for a drink and like spilling stuff on you and like yeah so i get the door policy i'm in no way knocking that but i think it's like right. I think we're moving. We're definitely moving away from that for the most part. I feel like you know, right? Yeah, well, it, it, it was something that came along with the, the whole cocktail bar mentality in the mixology world, um, and it just sort of helped lend itself to this. You know, well, we need to control the door. All right, well, let's let's see it. what what's that going to turn us into. Well, it's going to turn us into a place that well, it, it's not going to be as rowdy. It's not going to be as loud. And then let's how do we how do we take that lack of rowdiness, that lack of volume and use it to our advantage and sort of say, okay, the experience we're actually curating for you is a completely different ex- experience than the normal bar experience. And and the only time that ever ran into trouble was when people tried to come into a, a bar with a door policy and that experience of, like, comfort and, you know, lots of, you know, a reasonable amount of room to spread out and, and a, a quiet conversation and come people came into that, you know, place that offered that experience expecting the ex- typical experience of any other, you know, dive bar or sports bar that they'd been to in the past and that's that was the only times that people that would come into those would be a little bit upset and confused as to what was going on but um you know it's just like restaurants you know there's a restaurant for every experience you want these days you know if you want to go to the white tablecloth in the michelin star restaurants or you know you want to go to mission chinese or you want to go to a taqueria there's experience for you know whatever you're doing and um and that i mean i think it just makes sense that the bars are you know evolving to sort of match that these days Speaking of, what was that taqueria we went to that one day when I was in San Francisco? We, we bartended together. 
man, I, you know, I'm trying to think of, there's a couple of different ones that, that it, we, it could have been Cancun, that's probably my favorite burrito in the mission, the vegetarian burrito, but there's a, there's a taqueria with tacos, uh, La Taqueria, that's pretty super indulgent gringo style tacos. I think that might have been um, it. Yeah, it might have been it. There's a, there's, I mean, the Mexican food that we have, we're so lucky. I, that, I mean, and I'm about to get, have some right now down in, down in Watsonville near where we're purchasing our board, but, uh, we're so lucky to have it. I, I hear that. I hear the, Have you been to the Mission Chinese uh, the Mission Burrito Joint? The, oh, the Mission Cantina? Danny Bowens? Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. I've been there How's a that? few times. Yeah. I went with my brother a couple times. It's awesome. It's awesome. Actually, dude, my brother just moved out to San Francisco a couple months ago, so you'll have to look him up while you're out there or while he's out there. Um, Definitely. Uh, you, this is your brother that was in the band, Brothers? Yeah, and Billy, uh, the lead singer of the band, is out there, too. They're working for Wired right now, so they're out there for a little while redoing the magazine. So uh, they're both out there. So I don't know if I should be cool. hooking you guys up together because they're already pretty rowdy enough on their own. You guys are all rowdy like <laughs> separately and individually. But uh, I'm, I'll, I'll actually be coming out there in about a month or so to visit. So we'll have to definitely hang out when I'm out there. Excellent. Yeah, hopefully wait a month from now. We'll, be, we'll definitely bring you out to the bar and, and show you what some of the things we're trying to do and pick your brain for... Anything that we might be able to change at that point that you might have a good good input on because uh, that's the other thing that's been great about this whole bar experience is I've been having the opportunity to travel around here and there to different cities and be like, so what do you hate about your bar? What do you love about your bar? What do you hate? What do you love? Let's I'm trying really hard to try to use all that knowledge because everyone, all these bartender friends of ours have, we know we all have something we love about a bar and what we hate about a bar and yeah, it's I've, always it's good information to digest for sure. I hate that mine closes every night. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a, that's great. That's too bad that has to happen. You could move to Miami. <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think that'd work. No, nah, I, I don't think I would do so well. I'd burn very easily. <laughs> well, Ryan, I guess that's it for the right. show today. But uh, thanks so much for uh, taking the time out of your day. I know you're a busy man. And I uh, can't wait to check out the bar uh, when it's open. And can't wait to see you again, man. Yeah, likewise, man. Thanks for having me. It was a, it was, it was a blast and went by real fast. But, uh, yeah, I look forward to seeing you out here, and we'll, uh, we'll chat more. Awesome, man. Thanks so much. Thanks a lot. Yeah, that's it for the Speakeasy this week. Check in next week, and we'll have some more fun talking about the things we love. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes Store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.